0: You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Oz Network as we continue on with our Nip and Tuck coverage. We are moving along nice and swimmingly well in our third season. We are up to the seventh episode entitled Ben White, Ben W. What a good people initials they usually are. Uh, this episode first aired on the first of November. 2005. Uh, it was written by Lynn Green and Richard Levine and directed by Jeremy Podeswa. And uh, we're into some interesting stuff when it comes to Dip Tuck. I feel that uh, it's going to be some varying opinions uh, when it comes to a lot of stuff that's happening in this episode. Uh, my name is Ben and I put semen on my face every night before I go to bed.
1: <laughs> and I'm Nick, and uh, could you speak up, Ben? It's hard to hear through all those violins.
0: <laughs> I love how, like, this, this is a very quotable episode, because uh, I, I had that as kind of a, a backup in case, like, you were hosting, and then, you know, I had to come up with another quote. But um, it was either that or, you know, actually, I'm not going to say, why don't I have to spoil all the quotes? i have got to save one for the end as well. But, um, yeah, it's an interesting. Look, like, I, I really feel that we're into some just standard Season 3 episodes here. This is kind of... Next few episodes are really going to sum up this season for me as Nip Tuck because yeah, there's just some random all over the place stuff. And we get to a storyline in this episode that begins in the last couple of episodes, which I'm just not a fan of. Um, and I think kind of we notice that when Christian and Sean are apart, the show is a very different beast. Um, so, yeah, I I feel we're going to have some interesting viewpoints in this episode. Uh, I mean, it's, uh, it's yeah. It's it's okay. <laughs> I mean, I don't really know how to explain this episode.
1: Um yeah, I mean, it's funny because we're we're into as you say a little stretch here, but one of the things that's quite interesting and I don't know if you noticed it, um but we get into, and I think you make a really good point there about the when Sean and Christian are apart is, is quite interesting, but we get into this, this little stretch where the, the episodes are actually an hour long, mm. um, you know, cause we're used to kind of like, you know, somewhere between kind of 41 and 45 minute long episodes, um, you know, which is pretty standard, Um but, yeah, suddenly we get into this patch that they're an hour long. And I, I did try and do a little bit of research, but I couldn't find any reason why. Um, I'm sure that there was probably some reason um, back in 2005 why they did this this little stretch of episodes that were an hour long. But you do feel that, you know, without trying to preview too much of my thoughts, you do you do feel that extra time in these episodes, I think.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, definitely agree. And, I mean, I, I, I'm not aware of why they did that either. So, I mean, it's kind of interesting to kind of when you have these sort of um, – you know, slight changes in that, because, you know, you do notice that it works on a lot of the times, I and mean, a lot of the times it doesn't, um, and, yeah, so, I mean, I just think that, kind of, we are really into a real stretch of episodes here of Season 3, where, and I know we touched on that, I think, in the last few episodes about, you know, the carver seems to be sort of forgotten about, um... Matt's issues are kind of not there anymore, so we've kind of got some random stuff going on here, but I mean, I will say there is a storyline in this episode, I actually do like, and we're going to get straight into it straight away, I like this Ben White storyline, because this is like, this is extremely interesting, and again, Nip Tuck always using sort of, um, you know, real life... Situations to base it on surgeries, and I I believe this again is a thing. Um, And if it isn't, it definitely sounds like a thing, it's very well written. Um, But we meet Ben White, and he has body integrity identity disorder, if I've written down that correctly, B double I D, where essentially uh, he wants to chop his leg off because he feels like he's got this extra part of him. Um, I do kind of like you know stuff here where we've obviously we've got Quinton and uh, Christian because we know Sean's buggered off and we'll find out where soon. Um, and uh, is this where the first bit where they're on like a couch, kind of they've they've ditched the desk and uh, or is this in another thing? Because I, I mean it's not all the time we still get sort of Christian and that at a desk, but. Um, is this the first scene of them on a couch? I can't remember. I don't no, know. You... I think,
1: I think, no, I think they are still at the desk. Um, but yeah, we are going to get that in this, this little stretch where Sean's not there, where there's a, you know, a little bit of this redecorating of the clinic that, that Quentin's kind of leading out. Um, but yeah, I think we are still here um, at the desk for this one, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah, but you're right, it is, it is an interesting storyline. I think I always like it best when they have these storylines that you can kind of, there's a bit of an ethical thing behind them and, you know, you can kind of see both sides of the story and, you know, you really feel for that character whether or not you agree with them. And I think, yeah, they do a, a good job. The guy that they've got to do this is is really good and we get some kind of quite graphic scenes in this this episode through the storyline, which is really cool. Um, and, yeah, like you say, it's, it's a real thing. Um, you know, I I did a little bit of background digging into this and, it's quite interesting because they've cast it pretty well because it, apparently um, the, the sufferers of this um, this disorder are generally kind of white middle-aged men um, and it's generally, although they say here, it's generally um, the the left leg that they want amputated where it's, um, he, I think he's after the right leg to be amputated, but um, generally speaking, you know, they've, they've done quite a good job of, of kind of representing who these people are for the most part and mm. um, And, and yeah, no, I really like it. And obviously we're getting, you know, one of the kind of things that plays out over the next few episodes, I guess, is that Christian suddenly falls into the Sean, you know, kind of archetype. Um, and Quentin's becoming the Christian and, you know, it'd be interesting to see if at the end of the the season, we kind of feel that that Christian's learned anything or, you know, if we kind of just get back to him being who he always was, you know, if this is just a a blip on the radar really. But yeah, so it's, it's quite interesting to see that role reversal a little bit. And, um, Yeah, I mean, I just, I really enjoy these kind of ethical conundrums that you get on Nip Tuck and we maybe haven't had as many of them as we would like in this third season or the ones we've had have have been, you know, I'm not quite sure two guys um, gluing their faces to some other guy's ass as as an ethical conundrum, Um, whereas this one is, you know, and so I I really enjoy that. I like getting back to that kind of storyline that you really feel for them. Yeah, I agree. And, I, I mean, that's why I really do like this this Ben
0: White storyline. And um, the actor who plays him, who is very familiar, John Billingsley, if I'm reading his name correctly here, um, I mean, appeared in lots of things. Uh, I mean, True Blood fans, he's been in True Blood. He was in a few episodes of 24, as everyone seems to have been. Um, so, yeah, he's kind of one of these everyman faces that you look on his IMDb profile, and I'm like, oh, yeah, he was in Bones or something like that. So, yeah. Um, Definitely familiar. Although, bit of a Dick Ben White moment when he's talking about, like, sort of how the efforts he's gone to do all this sort of stuff, about his friend who was so desperate he went to Mexico, so we loaned him $10,000, died, got, you know, hacked to death. Like, if he's that desperate, why didn't he do it? Like, is he using his friend as an experiment? Like, how about you go yeah, to Mexico? Yeah. If it works, I'll do it too. Um, but if yep, you get hacked to death yep. and die, oh, well. <laughs> so... Just just a bit of a dick moment there. Um but like I I do like the points he makes about how like it's no different to a sex change. Um and he's like saying, you know, don't speak to me like I'm crazy. Um, his family's left him, money's not an object, he's a successful architect. Um, so yeah, I, I kind of like the setup here for that. Um So, then, obviously, straight after the credits, uh, as you were saying, like, kind of Christian's playing the Sean role here, where he's kind of, like, dismissing it. Quinton's like, oh, you're not just going to dismiss this case. And way he's like, watch me. Case dismissed. (laughs) Um, Yeah. You know, like, he really is just kind of, you know, like, he's a bit of a dick Sean in the way he does it. But, um, you know, he really does kind of transition. Because there's particularly... There's one part of this whole episode, which I really have to question. Uh, did the writers just forget about first season? Um, because there's a, there's a definitely an element to this storyline that makes no sense. Um, but, yeah, I mean, we're just kind of getting a bit of a set-up here, kind of the moral boundaries, as you were saying, and, um, you know, talking about how... What Quinton he's saying, like, oh, you guys used to be cutting edge, um, you know, and this meets the qualifications and all that sort of stuff. You know, it's fair. I mean, Quinton... You know, he's kind of here and thereabouts. I mean, I've, as I said, I always like Quinton, um, but you know, I think Quinton's kind of interesting here in sort of his role to play in this episode and you know other episodes. It's they don't really go into too much detail with Quinton with a lot of stuff, but you know, maybe towards the end of the season. But um, yeah, I mean, I don't know if you've got any viewpoints on Quinton at this point with kind of some of the stuff we're getting here as his sort of team. What is we Quint uh, well, Troy Costa or whatever
1: it's called now? Well, I don't think it ever is Troy Costa. That's kind of his thing that he tries and plays up, and, and it never really goes anywhere. It's always McNamara Troy, isn't it? But um, yeah, I mean, I, I think we're starting to see the the kind of um, the arc turn for, for Quentin. because when he comes on board, you know, he's this you know seemingly quite a nice guy, and you know, like he's as we talked about, you know, he's complimenting Liz at the start of the season, and he's slowly just becoming more and more of a creep as this thing goes on. And and this is where you start to get to that turning point where it's it's really hard to kind of um, get on side with him one of the things i really notice about him and i don't know if it's something you kind of pick up on is, is the way they present him Is he does feel a little bit kind of sleazy in that just the haircut you know kind of the haircut and his clothes he all just feels a little bit kind of seedy um and you know i don't know if you kind of agree with that but i think when you when you stand him up next to you know sean sean the way he's presented on the show in terms of clothes and haircut and stuff he's always quite straight laced but you know tidy and presentable and yeah. you know we've obviously talked about christian's fashion over over the episodes but Quentin always comes across to me as being yeah just kind of slightly seedy um and you know I think that they kind of emphasize that more and more as the as the kind of episodes tick by haven't really
0: noticed it too much but now that you kind of pointed out I think it definitely makes sense and um you know kind of like you're saying stuff like we've kind of always had that middle ground with Quentin that he's sort of like a plate is as a sort of bits of Sean bits of Christian um but I mean I think kind of you know I mean Quentin's kind of in many ways, summarises the middle section of this season and this season, maybe, in general. It's just kind of like, yeah, he's there and sure. Um, so, like, towards the end of this season, we get a lot meatier with Christian, uh, with Quinton. And, obviously, we, you know, I guess, like, this season, it gets a lot meatier towards the end. But, you know, there's there's stuff going on right now that, yeah. And speaking of stuff going on right now that you're kind of like, eh. Um, here's Chris, here's Sean, uh, he's Sean. He's... Gone to Shawshank Redemption. He's the prison guard, aka <laughs> okay, Bob Gunton. Um, I don't know if
1: you're a big Shawshank yeah, I mean, Redemption I, fan, are you? Or? Oh, yeah, my favourite movie of all time. So yes, absolutely. And um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I I totally love seeing Bob Gunton turn up here. I mean, he just he's playing that same character, really. You know, this kind of hard ass guy behind the back of a desk. Um, so it just suits him down to the ground. I mean, I absolutely love Bob Gunton. He's just he's such a like although he kind of plays the same type of character all the time i think he does such a good job of it you never get sick of it um and those the, you know those that are listening that have watched the you know the netflix daredevil series will know him from the first season of that where he's really good as well um yeah no i'm just, i'm a huge bob gunton fan and i think he just uh, he brings so much to this little storyline that we're going to get with sean i think yeah, he just works perfectly in this role funnily enough,
0: also in 24. Uh, (laughs) He played in Canon in 24. Uh, But for some strange reason, Nick, I thought he died, but he's not. He's still alive. Um, Why did I think that Bob Gunton was dead? Uh, (laughs) I thought he died recently, but I looked him up. He's still going along. So um, there you go. I apologise to Bob Gunton if you ever listen to this. But um, yeah, I think, I mean, he is kind of, typecast in many ways, um, but, like, you yeah, absolutely best known as the warden in Shawshank Redemption by far, but, I mean, he's been in shitloads of things, and to me, maybe the
1: only good thing about this storyline,
0: <laughs> and, like, I like yeah, Anne Hayes.
1: but... On- <laughs> Yeah, I, I think I think the thing is that you know we're going to get this. The, so this plays out over a, you know three episodes or whatever it is. Um, I think at the end of it, I mean, and we can track it as we go along. But what's the point of this? You know, yeah. does this change Sean? Um, you know, I, I think we need to kind of you know, is this just a distraction to get him out of the out of the building for you know um, Christian and Quentin to have that kind of conflict happening? You know, is there anything that we're actually getting out of Sean that? at the end of us, it was worth it um and
0: you summed up my opinions <laughs> of this completely this is why and like to kind of reference uh, our third watch coverage this is the hashtag dirty kid storyline it's there but what for like it's kind of it's just there's no point to this and yeah this is just like this is always there's this storyline and there's one episode which i just really as much as i love nip tuck i just get so mad this is part of season three And, like, people complain about Season 4, they complain about Season 5, probably rightful complaints about Season 6. But, like, there, I mean, there are elements, at least, to some of the weird-out-there storylines of Season 5, which people complain about. But, like, they've got a purpose to what is happening in the storyline. They've got a purpose of changing a character. You might even argue our dreaded storyline when it comes to Christian and Liz, you know what I'm talking about, Uh, potentially changes people, even though it's a ridiculous storyline. This just does nothing for anyone.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So... And I guess and I guess to kind of qualify that as well is that we get lots of these characters who come in for one, you know, the, the patient that kind of come in for one episode and um, sometimes they're a really valuable part of, of building on the characters and the experiences of our main cast and sometimes they just walk in and walk out and you know, nothing really changes um, and, and for me that's fine because often it's just one episode and so it's like okay, well that didn't quite work but you know, they're gone now. Um, but this goes on for a few episodes so obviously the writers had something in mind here, they wanted something to happen here or wanted us as an audience to feel something and yeah I mean I guess we're probably showing our hand here but I I think we're both on the same page that this doesn't really add much to anything it doesn't really change Sean Um, it just kind of shows up the worst parts of Sean's character as far as I'm concerned that he's gullible and you know that he's kind of you know he he rides on his emotions and is is prepared to make big you know (laughs) Unsettling life changes um, over somebody he's hardly met. And this isn't the last time this is going to happen with Sean. Um, mm. And it's probably not the first time. So, um, yeah, I'm, and I mean, that's all it tells you. It's just, it's just a, an examination of this this. This not nasty, but this this part of Sean's character that I don't really like, and I can't relate to. So, yeah, I mean, that's that's all it really tells us, I guess.
0: And, it's, and I've also got to say that Sean comes across as a bit dumb in this storyline when it comes to many yeah, aspects yeah, probably, of this, yeah. like which you don't yeah. associate Sean with dumbness. Um, so, yeah, and I think kind of like to me in in some aspects they've they've done this in a way and look if we ever get someone like ryan murphy we're never gonna ryan murphy on the show but you know uh brad falchuk or someone like that one of the you know the big writers or producers of this show it'd be interesting to kind of find out like did this all just come down to because they could get Anne hache and bob gunton like is that and they had to find a way to put them into a storyline you know like mm. um Anne hache is available for three episodes oh what are we going to do bob gunton he's available for three what are we going to do um so like because i mean like does this storyline even like it's not memorable when we get to season four season five season six i don't think we're ever going to talk about this storyline ever again rightfully so but like you might be able to then just explain it as oh that's the ann hache storyline oh that's the bob Gunton. like when we eventually wrap this whole up and talk about the guest stars that are in this show oh yeah ann hache you know oh fair enough like um but like does this work if there are no names like if this is just you know jenny smith and richard Puda Smith, like, I don't know, like, I mean, we're not going to remember this at all. To me, this just comes down to the the two big-name actors they've got to guest star in this storyline.
1: Yeah, totally. And, and, and I mean, I, I guess I just want to be really aware that not every kind of storyline or, you know, kind of mini-storyline that we have happen on the show has to have a big payoff. You yeah. know, I'm, I'm, I'm quite comfortable with the fact that sometimes... It, <clears throat> Excuse me. It is just filler sometimes, and 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 that's okay if the characters are engaging and the storylines interesting. You know, not everything has to be this tightly woven narrative package. Sometimes you do just get these things that kind of they don't go anywhere. But if the characters are interesting, um, and, and you know you kind of feel you know you can relate to what's happening to them, then then that's okay. It's it's not my favorite thing, but I can live with it. Yeah. And so I guess we're at the point where it's like, okay, is this is this adding anything to anything really? Um, and. You know, yeah. I mean, it'd be interesting to talk it through with you because my my gut feeling is no, it doesn't. Um, but I, yeah. may, maybe if we unpack it, we'll we'll find something that's worth worth keeping it in there for. I don't know. And
0: I agree. Like, and I think kind of that maybe long term listeners of this show hear me complain about things like that when it comes to third watch. And I know Noel and I have conversations that and lost. It's like. I completely agree with you. Phil is not always bad. Like, there are definitely elements where, you know, to, again, use the dirty kid argument, it's kind of like there are definitely dirty kid storylines where it's just it's there that serves no purpose to anything else. Um, but it's still, you know, it serves something as entertainment or it's still sort of a memorable storyline or something like that. And But like, I would agree with you in terms of, like, this the thing that kind of with this, it's like it serves no purpose Um you know, we we have Sean showing a bit of dumbness. We have him, again, making these huge grand life decisions. Like, if he just does all these surgeries, and I know we're kind of jumping out here and spoiling certain things and doesn't commit his life to run away, then it's probably not as bad. Like, he's just helped out and he's moved on. Um, but, like, he, you know, when we get to that, what do you, he commits to do? Um, so, yeah, I mean, like, it's kind of like, I guess, you know, when and we're, I know we're about a season away from this, but when like Rosie O'Donnell comes in, you, you're going to argue, well, that serves no purpose except to get Rosie O'Donnell in and have a few laughs. The difference is Rosie O'Donnell actually is quite memorable with her character with all the stuff and the ongoing sort of consistency of what they do with her character. I don't know if you remember the Rosie O'Donnell. I think she's in at least least two, maybe three episodes. But it's just kind of like an ongoing joke with her character, which, again, it serves no purpose to the overall plotline, but it's fun filler. And whether you like Rosie O'Donnell or not, you remember her character because whoever plays that character, it's like a fun character, not just because it's Rosie O'Donnell. But yeah, I mean, there are moments where you're going to have storylines where it doesn't work, uh, is, like
1: it goes nowhere. But you still remember it. Yeah, well, I guess the Rosie O'Donnell thing to me, it strikes me, it's quite similar to the Mrs. Grubman stuff. That it's, yeah. this, it's actually not, it's actually not a storyline. It's just like a reoccurring character that drops in and out. And you know, the, their story actually plays out over multiple episodes that aren't connected as one story arc. Um, whereas this is different. It is, you know, it's deliberately designed to kind of take sean on a on a journey that changes him over three consecutive episodes and and I would argue that it doesn 't change much you know he 's still the same guy basically that he was when he when he walked in here. Um, so it, yeah, it kind of serves, it serves no purpose really. Um, whereas yeah, like you say, those other ones are there for a little bit. I mean, we've certainly got our laughs out of Mrs. Grubman, and I suspect we'll get the same out of Rosie's character. So yeah, I mean, they they have a purpose that's that's not just about storyline either. They give us a few kind of a bit of comic relief, and you need that on a show like this too.
0: Completely agree, and I feel that you sort of alluded to it when we first started talking about this that this won't be the last time that Sean kind of gets involved with someone that I guess. Um, you know, has questionable moments. I'm thinking of Teddy when we get to season five. Um, it's, yeah. But, yeah. um, I think even then, though, I would argue the Teddy stuff works better. Uh, and even that was an interesting storyline just because they completely changed actors to keep the same character. Um, but anyway, we're getting ahead of ourselves. Anyway, so we're here. Sean's joined the FBI. People, um, So we thought we were going cop show already this season. Sean's joined the FBI, um, sort of. He's obviously
1: well. I mean, and and it is it, you know it's a it's a compelling idea, and that you know we've got this plastic surgeon who's actually going to go and work for the um you know the the FBI, CIA, whatever it is, and he's going to be you know um basically with these witness protection program people and changing people's appearance. I think that's a that's a really compelling idea. I'd agree. With um, you and uh, and I w- i actually would you know be quite into seeing maybe a bit of a maybe not a spin-off but you know of, of Sean actually dealing with multiple cases like I think there's there's a there's a lot of kind of um good ground you could cover here and some interesting stuff and we kind of just never go there um you know I think if we if you know, we'd seen Sean doing this over, you know, even kind of five to six episodes with, with different cases and, and, you know, it kind of affecting him and, you know, him finding the work too hard um, and coming back to, you know, his regular practice. Um, then there, there's something there. <laughs> yeah. And I was yeah yeah that would have been the better way to do it i think whereas you know they literally the first case he gets he falls in love with this woman you know like that just it it just doesn't feel like that would actually happen you know
0: agree completely and that's what i was yeah thinking too is that like yeah make him so he has a couple of cases first because it is a very interesting sort of storyline like I mean I'm sure this is a legitimate thing like the FBI obviously has a witness protection program and there would be cases where you need to alter their appearances so yes you do need to have a plastic surgeon on staff um the thing that I kind of question though is like when Sean says like I you know my work started to you know get you know lose meaning so here I am you know wanting to change it like isn't this always been Sean's mantra anyway isn't this why he always takes on the pro bono cases and all this sort of stuff like since when does Sean become the money sellout? Let, like I guess he feels that way, because we kind of get that conflict a lot of the time with sort of what he and Christian are doing, particularly in those early seasons. But Sean is always that moral voice about, like, let's do things with meaning. Uh, let's do things that are important, as we kind of discuss a lot on this show, that, you know, plastic surgery isn't all about boob jobs. It is clearly, you know, about changing people and that sort of stuff so i, I kind of question sean here oh my work started to lose meaning you're still doing these cases sean it's more about your personal life rather than what you're doing at work
1: yeah and i think i you know ryan murphy's you know great and does some awesome stuff and but i think we are, we are starting to get really hit over the head that these guys are doing you know wanting to do this pro bono work and and make a difference because, to be honest, that's mostly what we see on the show. We actually don't see a whole lot of tit jobs and liposuction and rhinoplasties and things like that. We actually don't see them. All we see is these pro bono cases, and yeah... understandably so because you can't just keep showing boob jobs over and over again so you need that variety but I think the balance has kind of tipped way in the other direction now um, and we kind of need to get back to some of those superficial cases I think because otherwise these guys start to feel like a bit bleeding heart and you know you actually want to see them doing that, that kind of basic plastic surgery work you know with the kind of sleek veneer that, that you're kind of used to with plastic surgeons otherwise it starts to become a different show um, and yeah I think we're at, we're at risk here of getting into that territory.
0: Hmm, that's, a, that's a good point you actually make with it. And I, I, One thing I've sort of noticed in these episodes is that poor old people who get boob jobs, they're always made the scapegoat for plastic surgery, aren't they? Like, oh, you're getting a boob job? <laughs> like, it's just, it's automatically, And you know, we're guilty of it, we just said it. Like, you know, it's kind of like the one thing that we think plastic surgeons do. Um, and, like, I'm sure there are legitimately women who want bigger boobs, they get it. Cool. You know, like... I mean, it's good for them. Uh, it's not always a bad... I don't know where I'm going with this next stop me. Um, but um,
1: anyway... Well, uh, why, don't, why don't we segue out of boobs and into um, semen? Yeah, <laughs> Nearly. I just I just wanted to say quickly, just kind of
0: like here with Bob Gunn, I, I just, I know we're kind of talking a lot about this scene, but I do like your opening line, you know, I can't speak up over the violins, and I like his kind of like dick moments when he's like, oh, six figures just not quite doing it enough for you there. <laughs> so, yeah, and then we, we meet, uh, you know, obviously through this sort of, uh, you know, situation, Sean's obviously giving up a lot, meaning all this sort of stuff um and i do also like that um that line when he's like is your shit together dr mcnamara and he's like no it's not together it's like great you won't have any issues taking orders <laughs> so uh but this is where we've got to meet beloved anne Hayes here mrs uh moretti now we've talked a lot about on this show about how we'll get a sort of an actor that they they you know the makeup will make them look a certain way so obviously the surgery it looks like they've had surgery one thing I've always had about this storyline is I can see what they're trying to do here with Anne Haish. they kind of added a few, you know, gigantuan teeth and made her nose a bit different and her ears slightly different. And she has a terrible accent. Um, like, what is she trying to go for here? Um, but like it's kind of
1: that new Jersey thing, isn't it? I think they're going for the kind of, you know, she's a, the, the wife of a Jersey criminal. Um, yeah, but yes, it doesn't so that
0: stick. That's Jersey my problem. Friend. It's it, like, as much as I love suicide squad and Margot Robbie as uh, Harley Quinn, like, she kind of forgets every now and then she's meant to be a Brooklyn person. So, like, her accent kind of goes in and out. Whereas, like, this is, like, to me, what like, there is definitely some lines she will say in these episodes where it's like she's going too bad there. But, like, I don't know. She just doesn't stick the landing with her accent. But do you kind of see much of a difference here with Anne Hayes when she's going to get changed to look besides blonding her hair? Because I don't know if I see too much. Again, this is the difficulty with getting a well-known actor in to play this role, but... I don't know if that's just me, or are we kind of just not noticing too much of a difference with Anne
1: Hsieh? Oh yeah, no, I'm with you here. You're not, you're not really seeing anything particularly different. Um, yeah, I, I think it's, it's pretty, um, pretty superficial, really.
0: Yeah, I, I'm, look again. I like Anne Hsieh. I like Six Days, Seven Nights is one of my favourite guilty pleasures of a movie, um, and you know Anne Hsieh is, is a great actress. But I
1: just,
0: uh, this storyline, she kind of explains why she's got to go into witness protection. She sort of tells a story about how she was married to some mob guy, and basically he got shot, and then they've been put in witness protection because she gave evidence against them. Uh, And then we obviously see uh, her son, Austin. Oh, my God. I I hate children actors who are terrible actors. Like, they just give me the shits. (laughs) This kid is, like, the worst. Like, I hate this guy. Like, he's such a terrible character. Um, and no offence to Tanner Ritchie, who plays Austin Moretti, and I'm looking at his film credits here. He kind of actually has gone more into music. He's a composer. So, um, he's done a bit of acting, but he's gone into behind-the-scenes stuff. Cool. But, like, I just oh god we're gonna talk i'm gonna if you're a fan of children actors and people not making fun of them don't listen to us for the next few episodes because this kid oh my god you have anything to say on austin moretti or Anne Hayes here or
1: yeah i think probably you're right i mean it's just he he kind of plays that kind of sad kid who's you know he he belongs on like an episode of barney the dinosaur or something really doesn't he like just need needs a hug or something like yeah, he just he, he he's so one note, and yeah, I mean you're right. Yeah, kid, kid actors can go one or two ways, and and his is good way.
0: So anyway, this is where we're going to talk about some jizz. Uh, we're at Delamere, which again, let's remember what this is meant to be. It's meant to be this massive Miami mansion. That really doesn't look like a massive Miami mansion now, like <laughs> the upgrades that they've done to it. Uh, and again, going into our ongoing trope here of tuck doesn't really know the time frame. I mean. Um, They built this place pretty quickly, and here they are now, you know, obviously a bit slow business. Oh, boo-hoo. But they've got the one uh, person here, Um, you know, they're trying to get clients, but they've got nobody. So, this is uh, Gretchen Carr, and basically, uh, she met Liz at the gym. Uh, Lots of girls go to Florida to get a quick little nip-tuck, because again, reminding everybody, guess where we are? We're in Florida. Keep getting that. Um... (laughs) And then we kind of get some great Gina moments here. Can I just say, Gina, I love Gina. and I'm glad that she's a member of the cast, like, official member. Gina gets toned down so much since she becomes a major cast member. Like, we only get a few glimpses of classic Gina. So, like, it's kind of like going on about Christian and Sean, kind of, these episodes kind of do miss something when they're not together. When Gina's not a real bitch, we kind of lose something with Gina, don't we?
1: um yeah i suppose so i mean i just this whole storyline this whole thing with this this spa just drives me up the wall i hate it i hate everything about it and so i just find it really hard to get into the whole gina thing um yeah but i mean you're right yeah she's toned back and she's not as fun i mean she does get some kind of snappy lines which is Kind of what you expect from her, but I I argue that again she she's best when she's playing against Christian, and yeah. you know she's not playing against Christian here, so you know th- yeah. It, it, but I do love you know the thing about it, when she comes in, it's like you know something about one of you took a big dump or something <laughs> like that. You know like it's a, like like so that's that's pretty good. I'll give it that. But yeah. you know you're just talking about bad accents where you know this woman who's playing this supposed to be like this this southern woman <laughs> and just this awful awful accent like which is probably her real accent because I'm taking the piss out of it. So it's you know it's probably real. But, oh, it's just, yeah, it's terrible. Yeah, it's not real. I was going to say, it's it's not real, because she's from uh, Columbus,
0: Ohio. Uh, So, (laughs) Gigi Rice is her name. Um, I mean, look, just quick, I've sort of talked up a lot in terms of the fact that I kind of like what they do with Julia. I like the Delamere stuff, and I still stand by that. Like, I I do like it. Uh, I'm not like, wow, this is the best storyline ever. Uh, I just kind of like that they give Julia something a little bit more to do. Um, but I can definitely see your viewpoint as well. So, like, I don't necessarily agree with you, but I can definitely see where that viewpoint would come from. Um But, yeah, we get this story. So, here she is. She's laying around. She looks amazing. Gina comments, oh, you look so young. Um, she looks young because she's got cum on her face, basically. <laughs> like, we get this weird story about how her ex-husband used to jizz all over her face, and then she's using her son's semen on her face. And I love it when she says there, it's not like I stand over and watch... Uh, um, so, like, yeah, and, like, uh, talking about research, talking about things, again, this is apparently is a thing. Semen, not the, like a friend told me, uh, semen apparently is actually... <laughs> and, like, I, I did read, I think back in the day when I first watched this episode, I might have looked it up in all seriousness. And apparently this was a product. There actually was a product where they used semen in it. So, I don't know if this was an inspiration after seeing Tuck or they used this because it was a thing. Um, but, yeah, I, I do like Gina's line here where she's like... Nobody can accuse me of being a prude, right? And everyone's like, nobody. <laughs> She's like, is it just me or is that totally disgusting? Uh, and then obviously they're talking about the benefits of semen and antidepressant. I don't know about that. Um, but I like it when Gina says, oh, and I thought there was a reason why I was a sex addict. Just turns out I was jonesing for jizz. Um, and then, you know, they need a signature product, so they're going to make cum juice. That sounds a bit on Cum cream? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you've got no thoughts on it. You don't like this storyline. So.
1: No, it's just, it's so dumb. I mean, it's just, yeah, like like you could get away with selling some product that, you know, the secret ingredient was semen and you could get it like, it's just it's just so unbelievable. Like, there's just, there's no way that this is, it's just not possible, you know. You couldn't, know? Just, you couldn't so do it without marketing
0: it. I think that, yeah, like you would have to disclose that ingredient because yeah. aren't people allergic to semen? Like, so... I mean, I don't know. Um, (laughs) Your
1: vastologist semen, Nick, help me out here. Um, Yeah, I mean, I just don't think you could. You know, it's not the kernel secret recipe. You know, like it's not something (laughs) that you. Well, maybe it 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 is, Nick.
0: Stop. Maybe it is. Maybe that's what the secret recipe is.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I I think we should maybe move on because I'm going to get start getting angry. And um, yeah, (laughs) you wouldn't like me when (laughs) I'm angry. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It was just so stupid. And, I mean, it, it's only going to get more stupid. But, yeah, Aww. I mean, you know, I, I can only take the stupidity for so long. We and do I, I get a fun
0: make- scene with Joan Rick. Come on. Um, uh, anyway, so we, we're back uh, with Christian. He's at uh, Ben's house. And a uh, beautiful house. Like, why well, I want to live there. Um, and, obviously, he's a, you know, very well-made uh, architect. He's won awards and shit. And, uh, basically, you know, he's talking about... Um, you know, that this has kind of made him more obsessive and if he doesn't do the surgery, he's going to basically chop his leg off like a chicken wing. This is very... You're talking about graphic. This is very graphic. Um, Kind of this scene when we see what he would do. And this is kind of like one of those sort of flashy, weird scenes that Nip-Tuck does randomly. Um, And he kind of says, "Look, you know, I'm going to lose my leg one way or another. Um, I mean, it's it's a good scene. Obviously, you know, we're talking about the hypocritical oath of do no harm. Um, and things like that and I, I can i just point out random christian fashion moment wearing a red shirt and a gray blazer yeah. kind of works yeah. i like it
1: uh- <laughs> this guy this guy could wear a potato sack and make it work so i mean that <laughs> he is that good but yeah i mean and i mean we we kind of just getting this whole thing about you know the the biggest storyline here is that you know how does christian live without sean around you know that and and what this guy is basically trying to tell him is that you, you know you you didn't need him anyway you know that you you've chopped something off and it's actually made you better not worse and um you yeah, know i really like it And I, you know i like the kind of artistic decision they make with even the lighting and that kind of um i don't know what it's not really a dream sequence but it's a you know it's an alternative reality type thing yeah and and it's really cool, I think, just the way they've kind of done it in almost like – it's not really sepia tone, but it's kind of like that. Yeah, It's almost in, in kind of negative colours, and, yeah, it's really cool. Um, and, yeah, I, I think it's just – it's the right kind of graphic. Like, I think the show does a really good job of, of showing graphic really disturbing stuff without huge amounts of blood. I agree. Um, and we kind of talk, talked a little bit about that with um, Raya Reynolds, you know, how obviously there was some blood in that scene, but generally speaking, the, the – the freakishness of that didn't come from seeing blood spurting everywhere it kind of came from the the other stuff that was happening and yeah no it's it's really cool seeing the whole thing with you know that he put his leg in dry ice and it would basically just just burn his leg off more or less um yeah it's 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 hard hard to watch but it is really cool particularly when he's Um, cutting his
0: own leg like when you see that like oh yeah
1: yeah 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 full on but And um, and i think you know, I mean, let's be honest. Like this, this episode is hanging off how good the storyline is because Agreed. the other two storylines that are happening in this episode are shit. So, you know, <laughs> you, you you absolutely if if this stuff doesn't work for you, then this episode is just a, an an atrocious train wreck. And luckily for me, it is working. It's working really well.
0: I agree. I mean, I'm not as down on the G scene, uh, the G storyline, but yeah, like I, I completely agree. And I kind of think like it's an interesting parallel, uh, obviously, to the what the Rosen Raven Rosenberg. If I get all that out correctly, how like that was all about separation and all that sort of stuff. And here we are again, kind of, you know, Sean and Christian. It's kind of interesting, like, how I feel like we kind of, you know, maybe it's more me, but, like, sort of talk about the whole ongoing Julia-Sean thing. And we really kind of start to get that, this, you know, at this point of the season about the, oh, they're back together, and, oh, they're broken, oh, they're back together. Like, it is kind of an ongoing thing that Christian and Sean will be separated, brought back together, separate. Like, it's that's an ongoing thing, too. But we don't really roll our eyes at that much, do we? Because, you know, it's kind of, this is the ongoing, as you famously said in the first episode, our heterosexual love story. Um, whereas, like, with Julia and uh, Julian, Sean, it's kind of gets a bit graining. This, yeah, it's fine. Let them separate. Let them come back. They're always going to be back together, aren't they?
1: <laughs> yeah, well, it's one of those things where it is, um, I mean, they're two halves of the same coin, really. And, you know, like... Quite frankly, I think if Julia if Julia was hit by a car in this episode and that was the end of her storyline, then I would be that sad. And I think and I think most of the audience would be with me on that. Um, <laughs> Poor But you Julia. know, like, but, but you know, storyline just, you know, the show just doesn't exist if one of these two guys, if these two guys aren't both in it. And generally speaking, it revolves around their relationships. So um, you, you're having to kind of construct the storyline that's kind of happening with them not together. Uh, and I think that's what makes it difficult is that. You know, we, we don't see them together, and and that's hard. It, it just doesn't really work without these two interacting. And it, you know, they don't have to be in the same space, but it is good when they're kind of talking on the phone and, and things like that. So those are the moments that work for me, I think. And and this stuff, you know, we're now kind of moving into this, but I guess with with kind of Sean doing this this um, kind of thing on these on on this mother and daughter and uh, mother and son, sorry. And yeah, it's pretty awful. It it's may as not well great. be a daughter. Um, uh, this it just gives me the shit, because, you know, it's all like, oh, your
0: mum tells me you're into baseball, and here he is, and he's like, oh, I'm a DVA Deceptor, and that's why I'm here, right? Uh, and this is like, this this scene, like, oh my god, it's like, Austin, you don't know what plastic, like, oh, that's Donald on crack, I don't know what that accent was. Hashtag better than Anne accent. Um, but like, do you know what plastic surgery is? And then, like, you know, spills the beans about what they're really doing, and you know, diva Austin, no, I don't want to do this anymore, runs out. Um, And then, like, um, you know, this is where stupid Anne Heche is all like, oh, Dr. Sagamore told me not to say anything. Well, why did you say it? Like, I mean, Sean doesn't exactly spill the beans. It's not like he says, oh, well, come here, Austin, we're going to change your face. Like, he's just literally looking at his nose, and then he's like, Diva septum, I don't, know. like, this is where, like, I'm just going to call her Anne H. Cause who cares about a character's name? She'll be saying like, yeah, that's right. Sean deviated system. Remember like you've all got that look on your face when you know, like don't talk about it. She's just dumb. She just like tells it. And then, Oh God, he just gives me the shit the way he Run. <laughs> Shut up.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's like, okay, well no, we, we won't have this done and you can go out in the world and get shot on the face. You little shit. You know, like it's, you really don't have an option right now. You know, it's, uh, yeah, I
0: was <laughs> <I'm> drinking. <coughs>
1: I was drinking water as you
0: said that, and I swallowed it <laughs> the wrong way. That is funny. Uh, <laughs> just give me a moment here. Um, <coughs> any professional podcast would edit that out, but I think it was funny. Um, been choking on water as he tells his story. Um, yeah. Anyway, what does What does he say? Like, I'm. His, I'm his mother. Nobody else can try. Shut up. Um, and again, I like Anne H, So, I don't like when I like an actor, and I don't like their character. It's kind of like, I like Kevin Spacey, but I can't say that anymore. So, like, it's just, you know... Oh, anyway. Don't bring up Kevin Spacey, man. Um, so... We're back at McNamara, Troy, Troy Costa, whatever it's called this week. Uh, Quinton's bought new artwork. Cool. Um, and then, um... Christian kind of makes a point here about, like, oh, you know, I've done my research. Does this now mean that if a guy thinks he's a dog, we can give him a tail? Um, <laughs> and, you know, they're gonna he's going to pay $100,000, $70,000 over the asking price. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's kind of interesting here the way um, Quentin sort of balances out here when um, Christian's sort of saying, like, oh, we haven't been in it for the money. And kind of, Quentin's like, well, you've always been in it for the money. Which... It's my point in this whole thing where it's like, we we kind of get Christian, I guess, turning into more of a Sean, but does this happen overnight? Because, like, again, season one, when Christian's the reason why they basically have to put up with um Escobar, so, like, because he accepts the money, doesn't think about anything else and the logic behind it, has, has he really just overnight turned into Sean and now kind of questioning it? Because... You know, $70,000 over the asking price. How many episodes ago were they struggling for business? One episode ago, they had to go to Frank and Laura. So, like, I mean, what's happened with the timeline here that business is booming all of a sudden again? I don't understand it.
1: I think probably um, one of the things that isn't particularly well written in here is that I I think Christians just doesn't want to do anything that that Quentin t- is telling him is a good idea. You know, that whole thing of if you don't like somebody, you're going to disagree with them on everything, even if they do have a good idea. And, you know, I think that's kind of a little bit of what we're getting here. Um, yeah, and, and I don't know if that if that comes across to you, but that's kind of how I read it a little bit, that he just doesn't even want to go there because Quentin thinks it's a good idea and Quentin's becoming a bit of a sleazebag. Um, so that that's kind of the way I read this a little bit because um, it is hard to get on board with Christian being suddenly becoming this kind of, um, moral centre when, you know, he, he didn't have any of that beforehand. It's a, it's a very good
0: point you make, and I think, again, it's another case of you saying something, and I definitely can see it. I, mean, I think the kind of thing with Quinton is that I feel as though Quentin's never fairly given a chance, which is interesting, because, I mean, we know it's all about Sean and Christian, and they bring them in, and we know Christian initially was sceptical about bringing him in in the first place. But, like, to me, it's kind of like a lot of these storylines, they seemingly go out of their way to try and make Quinton more, like, in a few episodes of Time, when we all of a sudden discover that Quinton's using drugs, like, where does that come from? Like, it's just kind of, you know, just like little things like that. Whereas, he's never really given it. And I wonder if it just does come down to, you know, Bruno Campos didn't want to stick around after one season, or kind of, you know. There's obviously a lot more to his storyline that we won't go into now. But, I don't know. There's just some elements to kind of Quinton, where, like, again, he's he's not really doing anything wrong at the moment, and Christian's kind of just being dismissive of him. I guess it does make sense what you were saying. So, um... Yeah. Anyway, I don't random rant there. Um, to your favourite storyline? Uh, the, again, the timeline of this episode does not make sense because all of a sudden they've boxed and bottled this cream. Um, so <laughs> hashtag a month later, I guess. Say?
1: What did they say? Like they went, to, they went to some um um spoon donation centre and just like give as you can. make... <laughs> Yeah, that doesn't make any sense either. Surely these guys are not, like, jerking off into things that can be used for face cream. Well, that's what they Um, say, don't they?
0: They say, like, oh, there's so much unused deposits at the sperm bank. Like, really? Like, why? Like, I mean, you know, I'm sure they keep them on ice for some time. Or do they literally go, oh, Ben Waterworth jerked off. We don't want to use his juice. Yeah, let's pretend that we're going to keep this. We'll just throw it in the bin and give it to Delamere.
1: Oh <laughs> well, I'm sure. I'm sure it probably, uh, like anything else, I'm sure it probably has a like a, a expiry date. You know that you can't keep things forever in a freezer. But um, yeah, I mean, to me, it just like I, I can't imagine they'd just be like, well. You know, we'll just give it to these people for for unspecified use. I mean, it just like, no, that makes any sense. And, you know, to the point it's like, did did Gina go and knock a few guys off just to get some samples? You know, like that seems a more logical way around the situation than than anything else. Um,
0: Well, Nick, to 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 interrupt you here, I've just Googled how long can sperm take frozen? Uh, last, and I've I've found a website, spermbankdirectory.com, uh, and then they've got the FAQ section, how long can you effectively keep my sperm frozen, to which it is answered, sperm can be frozen indefinitely, there have been normal pregnancies no, I, I, from
1: sperm stored for 12 years, wow, <laughs> 12, 12 years is not indefinitely, I might point out, in fact, there's no <laughs> but um, I, I
0: take your point. Uh, so, I mean, look, I think Liz kind of does mention it, doesn't she? Like, oh, yeah, we went to the sperm bank and got some. Like, Liz knows everyone, so Liz is going to get, you know, free jizz. Um, but, like, again, how do they get these patented and boxed and out to product and design so quickly this is 2005 aren't we at this point like it's not 2017 2018 where you can go online get a book published and show it off oh look i got a book published you just went to bookpublishing.com like i'm sure you can probably get a product like this made straight away
1: in 2017 2018
0: but like right now 20 2005 no (laughs)
1: um yeah and i've just got to stop you there like if 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 we're if we're going to go and try and find a large amount of um, semen that we're going to use for some product, I'm probably not going to go to the lesbian. Now, that's probably <laughs> not my first option. I mean, I could be wrong, but yeah, it's probably not going to be my first choice. Oh. Um, yeah, but anyway, Joan Rivers shows up. Oh, and, um, you're just wanting I, to I be done with this
0: Yeah, Joan Rivers Ben. Come on, here she is. Um.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm just I, I am moving you along because I can't I can't stand any of this. And Joan Rivers doesn't make it any better, unfortunately. <laughs> I will say um, though, I do
0: I do I do love kind of again Dick sort of Gina moment here though, where like you know, Julie's trying to defend her credentials of advertising. You know, I went to advertising before I went to medical school and Gina's just like, Yeah, both were a success, weren't they? And I was like you could be a real bitch you don't know? catch. <laughs> but yeah Joan Rivers rocks up, um, she makes a few bad jokes, wants to steal half their products. Can I have this book? Can I have this towel? Um, And then basically finds the cream and uh, she's going to want to, you know, try it out. And they're all panicking, like, oh, don't, you know, don't use the jizz cream. Like, why are you selling it if you don't want Joan Rivers to use it? Um, My biggest question here is, when Joan Rivers hears her name, Julia McNamara, oh, you married to Sean. How does she remember Sean? Like, I mean, yeah, I do I know technically she was only in, what, like, eight, nine episodes ago, technically, but, like, I mean, is Joan Rivers the type of person to remember the names of her, I mean, she's got so many plastic surgeons, I'm sure she doesn't remember all of their wives and family, but um, I will say, I know you're probably going to talk nothing about the scene and talk down on it, fair enough. I do like the just the throwaway lines here when Joan Ruiz is like, oh, it smells like a Saturday night at the drive-in." You know, I think my girlfriend used to have this on her face all the time. <laughs> Come
1: on, that's yeah, funny. I mean, uh, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, I'd. I've got to admit I'm not a huge fan of joan River's comedy, so it just doesn't really work for me. I'm sure if you're a fan of her then then yeah these are these are funny scenes but i it feels like the uh, to me it feels like the writers knew that this this storyline is a complete bomb, so we'd better add a celebrity in to kind of spice things up a little bit because everything else that is going on here is absolute crap, so <laughs> we'd better add a funny celebrity in here to kind of just gloss over the fact that this was is, is just pointless rubbish
0: uh I kind of feel like um When we did our random note, our world is not enough. Uh, episode on uh, the OST, uh 007, download now via iTunes. We basically spent a good portion of that episode trying to work out which late 1990s actor would be better than Denise Richards, or no, worse than Denise Richards in the role of Christmas Jones. We came up with Fran Dresser and Lisa Kudrow. We're still trying to come up with a third. Uh, so, like, who's your random comedian, female comedian, who might work better? Uh, I mean, this is Joan Rivers. Send in your thoughts to the Oz Network. Um anyway, uh I always thought this is the last episode we get Joan Rivers in, but we get we do get her back in season six. I forget about that. Um anyway, so she back next
1: episode as well.
0: Uh, is she back next episode? No, it's this episode. Or is it this episode? It's this episode. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh so anyway, so we get a scene, Sean and uh and Doctor Sagamore, uh about consent and uh, you know, obviously going on here with Austin. Um, and he tells his story about last year we had a kid who, you know, panicked his dog wouldn't recognize him, went home, got shot. Um, can I just point this is This is where we really start to see some dumbness of Sean. And I don't like this side of Sean. Sean's not dumb. Does Sean not know how the witness protection program works? <laughs> like, yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, I think anybody can realize it. That- it's the witness protection program for a reason. You have to get rid of these people to create a complete new life because their life is in danger. So, like, everything here that uh, Dr. Sagamore, Bob Gutton says is completely legitimate. He's the only logical person in this entire storyline, even though he's been portrayed as the dick. Like, I yeah. mean, what is... Shorty's so dumb in this storyline. I don't get it.
1: Yeah, yeah, and I think, you know, it goes back to what you're saying before that Sean's dumb and. You know, he comes across as very dumb in this episode and, and it's annoying um, because we know that he's better than this and the whole thing of him kind of like not only is he dumb but he's quite um he's sanctimonious you know like he, he bursts into this guy's office and tells him what he should be doing it's like well this guy's an expert you're just a you're basically a contractor who's been brought on to do this um, yeah so I mean it, it is it just shows Sean at his worst and um, you know it, it's interesting that you know in the middle of this we then get this phone call from Christian which is basically you know talking about the ethical concerns constraints of of what they do and yeah i mean it's just quite interesting because it's almost a bit of a role reversal not quite but it is it's an interesting way of of kind of showing these two guys in a different setting where you know christian's quite calm and you know sean's anything but
0: and this is where i think you feel you're missing this sean christian you don't know you're missing it until this point because we get just the way that he calls Chris, uh, you know, Sean, he kind of like, Sean's answer is like, oh, you know, I can't really talk right now. Fine, thanks. How are you? Like, just kind of like the (laughs) way they say that. And yeah, it's a great little scene. And they sort of bring up Mrs. Grubman, the ethical constraints. And, you know, I like how they kind of sort of bring back a little, you know, line there for Mrs. Grubman. It's a nice little scene, even though it's incredibly dated with the use of the, uh, Motorola Razor and the flip (laughs) phones, (laughs) if you noticed that. Remember when they were cool kids? Um, anyway. Uh Kimber's there, Kimba's randomly been listening. Um and but we get a nice little scene here though, kind of when, you know, Christian says, Oh, it was nobody. Oh anymore, it was Sean. And then just like like how is it that this episode, Sean is dumb and Kimber is smart? <laughs> because like Kimber, here has this great little speech where she talks about you know, Sean uh, Christian says like he was like my mirror, and then just the way Kimber explains it, like you know, we don't always need mirrors; they make you look old and fat. You know, like you know, I'm your mirror. I'm going to tell you what to do. You know, you don't need him anymore. I'm glad Sean's gone. Um, you know, let him go. Just let like I just I just a nice little scene like. You know, this, if if we were doing a top 20 scenes at the end of this season, I might argue this could scrape in at number 20. It's just a random little scene, but there's probably a bigger moment in this episode, which, to me, shouldn't possibly be in conversation for the top five. But, um, you know, I just like it. It's, just an, it's it's random. It's kind of like, oh, let's have Kimber in this episode. But it works. I don't know if you've got anything to say on this. It's just kind of a random but I like this little scene between these two.
1: Yeah, no, no, I agree. I think it is a nice scene, and I think it kind of, um, yeah, it, it kind of builds to where we're getting at the end of the episode. Um, that basically she's becoming a real partner to him, and and you know, like he's he's appreciating the fact that he kind of, and, and this is kind of getting back to the Ben White stuff that you know she's a part of him now, and he can't live without her, and yeah. he's got to kind of formalize that a little bit, and um, she's kind of shown why in these scenes. Um, I'm not quite sure why she's dressed like some kind of Arabian, you know. Uh, <laughs> waitress or something but um, you know these kind of big like mc hammer pants but i guess this is maybe like a you know some kind of um 2005 thing as well that i'm not aware of but oh, when yeah, you I always mean, dressed
0: just... like an arabian in mc hammer pants in 2005 <laughs> nick
1: <laughs> yeah yeah i mean and don't forget that this is a you know this is a perfect scene that ends in in blowjob. total kimber style with yep. blowjob yeah okay. so it's good as all good
0: scenes should end. A blowjob. Yep. Um, yep. <laughs> yeah, anyway. But, yeah, it's a good point. It's sort of they are connected. And it kind of goes back a couple of episodes ago, obviously, where we sort of pointed out that was the first time Christian admitted that he loved her. And we'll get a bit more of that at the end of the episode in a great scene. Uh, but, yeah, well, we're back to Joan Rivers. Here she is again. Um, she's back uh, to talk about the product. Uh, she loves it. She apparently put it on one night, and the next night she was younger. She didn't need surgery. Yeah, it's that good, apparently. So why the hell... Like, I like this storyline. I like the Delamere stuff. I just don't like how it gets disappeared. They would be making millions off this if this legitimately makes you look younger overnight. So why the hell isn't <laughs> Julia, like, the biggest entrepreneur in the world? Let's let's picture that. If you have a, like a, a, a scream... I don't know what I'm trying to say. A cream... It's, well, it's scream. It's semen cream. Scream. Uh, that, like, makes you look younger overnight. You are so rich. <laughs> so, like, it just, anyway, don't get used to this storyline. It goes away. Nick's happy. Um, Joan Rivers wants to uh, make it a signature product. Personal endorsement. She wants 50%. Um, Julia stands up for herself. We won't tell you the secret ingredient. It's a sparse secret. Take it or leave it. And then I kind of just, like, you know, Joan Rivers, I just thought you were a blonde booby dupe. <laughs> Which, okay, we know why this is all here. This is to solidify Julia as being on her own, standing up, girl power, great. Which, again, I kind of like. I like Julia having something to do. I just don't like how it just goes nowhere. Hashtag dirty kid. But, yeah, I'm sure you want to comment on this scene, don't you? Um, Your husband's a schmuck. A schmuck, I tell you. <laughs>
1: No, I don't really want to comment on this scene because there is just there is just nothing here that is of any interest to me whatsoever. Like, it's just this isn't what I'm watching the show for. Um, You know, like you've just like invested no time. Well, I guess you kind of have invested time into Julia, but suddenly Julia is like this completely different character in basically two episodes and i still like i still go back to what we were talking about in the last episode around you know like this whole business relationship with um with gina it's just it's just too unbelievable like none of it actually makes any sense and it just goes back to like some of the jokes that we make about this whole thing about where's annie but you know like where is who's annie? Looking, after annie? <laughs> like, who's looking after annie while all <laughs> this is happening you know like matt you know like yeah it's just Yeah, oh, Matt, yeah, that's a great person to be leaving Annie with right now. Um, So it's just, like, just, and I know that's not why you watch the show to get into the mechanics of exactly how their lives work, but just none of it works for me, and, you know, I don't think just dropping a celebrity in here to to say a few funny lines if you think they're funny, and I don't, um, I just don't think it works. You know, like, it it just doesn't add anything to the show, and, you know, I just don't understand why, like, you know, what, what Liz is getting out of being here, you know, like, just none of it works, it just feels like, I don't know, it just feels like they've taken all the useless parts of the show and kind of put them into one storyline in the hopes that it's going to create some kind of interesting dynamic, and it just doesn't.
0: Speaking of useless and uh, pointless, uh, here we are with Sean and Austin. Um, (laughs) They're looking at fish, will it hurt? (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> that's about it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. not else to add.
1: <laughs> oh, that, that that koi are the only fish that can see colour. That's your interesting fact of the day. Like, and write that on some fucking whiteboard. <laughs> yeah, interesting fact of the day: koi can see colour. Oh, thanks for that. Like. <laughs> And
0: Austin's mind is changed because they live for a hundred years. What will happen to me? Will I die like my dad? Yes, you will. Do as you told, yeah. you little shit.
1: Yeah. Why is everyone wearing yellow in this episode as well? Like Kimba's just wearing yellow. Austin's wearing yellow. It's like like they ran out of colours or something. It's like okay, we're into the yellow section of the wardrobe this week. It's like everyone's wearing yellow. <laughs>
0: I don't know, they're fans of Coldplay. I, I really don't know. Um <laughs> I'm glad you laughed at that joke. I didn't know if you were gonna get it. Um <laughs> Um so anyway, Christian goes to Ben's house. Um I feel we missed a scene here somewhere with Christian and Quinton. Um but anyway, Quinton booked him in for surgery. Christian said no, so he's you know, Quinton says, Oh, you go tell him. Uh so Christian's at Ben's house. Um and basically tells Ben, um, that no, we're not doing the surgery. you got to feel for Ben here. Again, this is similar to, um, oh God, I've forgotten the name. Um, like the very, like the second or third episode, the, the chick who, the surgery and she shot herself. No, Babcock, third episode. Oh, uh, it's, yeah, it's very similar yeah. to that storyline, except we don't have a psychologist here to help her out. Anyone? No. Bueller? No. Anyone? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> but here is old Christian showing up. No, you're not going to surgery. So Ben pulls out a gun. Uh, Look, I've got to say, kind of team Ben here. Like, you know, um, just dicking him around a bit. But he shoots his leg. Uh, So why didn't he do this in the first place? This is what was going to happen instead of his contraption about the chicken leg.
1: Um, yeah well I guess I guess it's one of those things where you know like we see so many movies where people get shot and then they're just like okay again and we forget that you know it's really easy for somebody to shoot themselves in the wrong place and bleed out you know that that could quite legitimately happen um, so you know but the whole thing with the dry ice is because that's you know a, an actual way where he can guarantee he's not going to bleed out if he gets this wrong because otherwise yeah I mean why not just get like a massive meat cleaver and just like hmm. lop his leg off you know, you know like it's, it's not yeah so I think they've done a, in one way, they've done a good job of explaining why he shouldn't just do that. And in another way, they do a really poor job because then they just, you know, they, they close the story out by just him shooting himself, which is, you know, it's unfortunate, really. Which you get he's desperate.
0: You get he's going to pull the gun out. But at the end of the day, why doesn't he just go, Okay, fair enough. Then go lock himself in his ice chamber. <laughs> so yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, but a great acting though. Like this is very well acted and kinda of just when he's like yelling at Christian and he's basically saying, like, You condescending asshole, you know, no you don't know what it's like, you and your perfect body. Um, mm-hmm. which, you know, <laughs> that's me every Saturday night staring at people. Uh, but so we get to hospital, he's begging for him to take his leg off. Christian's bestie just happens to be working at this hospital, random
1: doctor man.
0: Christian, I didn't realise you were here. Let's go have a beer. Like, who is this guy?
1: (laughs) Everyone knows Christian.
0: Yeah, of course he does. Probably slept with him. Uh, But so, (laughs) well, you know, unlucky Ben here. He shot himself, but they're going to be able to save his leg. Um, And then we kind of get our next scene, though, because Christian can pull some strings because he can just kick surgeons out at this hospital. He rocks up and he's light blue scrubs. I'm sure you not noticed those. Um, oh, totally. And he's going to take over and he's going to chop his leg off. Oh, how sweet. Um, and then we kind of cut to the face surgery, uh, you know, interchanging scenes here with uh, Sean and, and Dr. Sagamore. They're wearing dark blue scrubs. So here we go, Nick. You've got your counter scrubs here. Yeah.
1: Um, and why would they do both these surgeries at the same time? Just as it, like, it, it makes no sense that you would do these, at, like, why would you, isn't that, like, a terrible division of labor? Like, you'd want everybody focused on one job at a time. Um, you know, I know it's the whole visual that you want to show them both being operated on at the same time, but that's not how you would do these things, surely.
0: I, I, I couldn't tell you. I My days in medical school, uh, long behind me. Um, I don't know. It's a very good point, though. Um. Uh, it's it's kind of like, it's, it's just... I mean, what what even changes about Austin's appearance? Like, we talk about, at least they kind of go to a little bit of an effort with Anne Haish. Like, what do they do with Austin? I don't notice any difference when we see him in an episode's time. Um, but we kind of get all these, um, you know, lines of... Um, what is he saying? Like, oh, you know, sometimes you've got to lose everything to find yourself. Am I jumping ahead here? Is that yeah, completely
1: unnecessary? Th- these lines shouldn't be needed. Like, this is a show not tell moment, isn't it? Where oh, this you know, is, is this a Julia moment? Is it or am I? Oh no 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 no! no. The, you know, the, when they're looking over these two patients, oh, right, right, you right, know. Right. And, you know, Sean's giving the whole speech about, oh, you know, this job's way more satisfying and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And, and, you know, like, he shouldn't have to say that because the scenes should tell you that. You shouldn't have to have the main character actually voice those things because it should be obvious in the way that the scene's written and performed that. This is more satisfying You know Like you shouldn't Actually have to say it And that annoys me Like that tells me That this isn't working Because they've had to Actually add those lines in Because it's not obvious Through what's happening On the screen
0: And that's a very good point Actually And this is kind of I think going back To our overall point Of season two Wasn't it That like This is peak Nip Tuck Um, and again, we've never said that this show gets terrible from this point on. Uh, it's still a very good show for the most part, but there are just definite, like, you know, lapses of whatever, and this is, yeah, one of them, I agree with you. This is where I'm thinking of here, I've written here, I'm having a breast, uh, this is where Sean rings up Julia, um, and like... (sighs) This is the thing that frustrates me about Sean and Julia, particularly in this season. Like, let's, again, we went over this already a couple of episodes ago, but we analysed Sean and Julia. It's the will, they won't, they, oh, you know, blah, 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 here they are at the end of season two. Then this season we've kind of started off, oh, they're reconciling a little bit, they fuck, great, awesome. But then out of nowhere, it just happens they hate each other again. Like, it just kind of just, there's no real, like, you know, it just happens overnight. Um, and then now here we are on the phone, you know, Julia, oh, I always thought that I couldn't do anything without you. Oh, maybe we're both better off. Oh, maybe losing my marriage and I've found myself. Like, it's kind of like, oh, great. Like, this would be fine if this is where Sean and Julia end. It's not even going to end here. Like, they're going to be back in bed with each other in a few more episodes' time. So, like, just, uh Sean and Julia, like, they're giving me the shits, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> um
1: yeah i mean i don't enjoy the sean stuff in this in this episode i'll, I'll you know i be the first to say it but i mean this this whole stuff just makes me hate julia even more than i did before like, she's just such a, a, an unnecessarily big bitch to him you know like, why is she being like this to him like you know, he's been a nice guy to her and yeah, everything that's gone under the bridge. Let's not forget that the whole reason their marriage fell apart is because she slept with Christian, you know. Yeah. I mean, ultimately, regardless of what's happened in between then, you know, she, she, she is definitely not blameless. And, you know, she, the kind of way she goes on is like, oh, you know, that her life was horrible and, oh, you know, I just I can't stand her. It, it just drives me insane watching her in these I, episodes. I, I kind of
0: think that as much as, like... You know, I, I like some of the Delamere stuff, and there's still a few bits here and there that will kind of work with her this season. I kind of think this is like one of our moments where we had this in our third watch coverage. We got to a point where we were like, okay, Bobby, from this point on, nothing happens with him until he leaves. We had that I feel in lost at the moment. We're kind of like, Charlie, nothing really happens with him now until he'll leave. This is, this is kind of the death of Julia, is it not? Like, we're not really going to get anything of substance to do with Julia moving forward here. Like, she gets a bit in season four you know um peter Dinklage comes in well, I, in more ways yeah, than one yeah literally um, yeah,
1: literally. <laughs> um but I, I think probably she is, she is most interesting when like i don't know if i don't know if that's a fair thing to say but she feels like her storylines are most interesting when they're crazy um yeah. and they kind of need to be a bit a bit nuts in order for them to to really engage you because to me she's quite a vanilla character so you know you need to make her quite a you know a a a funny character in order to keep this working.
0: Well, she's kind of almost written out of the show at one point and then she sort of makes sporadic appearances and she's still credited as a main cast member. Um, She gets poisoned. um, She turns lesbian. um, She gets involved with Christian a little bit more. I, I know I'm sort of spoiling it, but you're not going to remember me saying this because you don't really remember Julia. So, like, she's kind of, eh. We've had the best of Julia already, okay? Let's be honest. There's nothing really brilliant of Julia moving forward here. So, time of death, Julia's character, uh, She's she's gone. Um, but anyway, the one thing I will say that, like, this, I was thinking that this episode could be a binnet. I'm going to say what saves it for me for this episode is, is the Ben storyline. I like the Ben stuff. This final scene to me really put me over the the eclipse in terms of I'm not going to bin it. It's still going to be a low rent. I'm just going to spoil it right now. But this scene here, this is an argument, a a nominee for a top five moment of the season. Um, Christian walks in. He's wearing a weird shirt. looks like he's wearing scrubs. Um, Wakes up Kimba and we get this nice little scene. He proposes to Kimba. We've already seen it. It's kind of Kimba points it out, but... He's saying it's different this time, and he kind of talks about how he had to chop a guy's leg off and um, something is missing, sort of. You know, it's kind of, I guess you could, in a way, say an argument. Well, aren't we just getting explained on screen what we should be making our own, own minds up? But I kind of think it's necessarily in this scene. Uh, for the very first time, we, we know that Christian said that he loved Kimber a couple of episodes ago. This is the first time he says it to her on screen. Um, I love you. Say yes, Kimber. There's a ring in a box. Marry me. Yes. Oh, it's just such... And just the weird little fade that they do as they kind of close out the episode. Uh, and the song here, it's called Lovers Spit by Broken Social Scene. Um, yeah, I just... I, I don't know if we, I'm being too mushy here or whatever, but I love this scene. This scene really makes this episode avoid a void bin it to me. Just this one scene alone.
1: Yeah, I tend to agree. Um, I I think that this is a really nice scene to kind of cap this off, and um, you know, leave it to Julian uh, McMahon to kind of save things for us here at the end because I think he does a really good job of of kind of um, yeah you know, <laughs> saving saving what's been an otherwise pretty um, pretty horrible episode. So <laughs> yeah, it is it is a re- it is a really nice scene, um, and you know, I think this is one that we might want to come back to when we're talking about top five. Um, for sure. I don't know. Yeah, well, I'm glad you agree, because I thought maybe that might be a bit of a stretch, but I think it, it is quite a nice moment, and um, I think probably what we don't have a lot of on this season so far is these big emotional moments. Um, you know, there's lots of kind of like shocking moments or whatever with the carver, but we don't get a lot of these kind of quite tender emotional scenes, and so it's nice to have one at the end here that I think works pretty well.
0: And I think it's important for the character of Christian because we always talked about the Kimber-Christian sort of love story, which is an ongoing thing for six seasons um, and the ups and downs. But as we've, I think, kind of both always agreed that Kimber and Christian kind of work as a couple, uh, even though they're kind of, you know, you don't think of Christian being in a relationship that much. But, yeah, I I don't know. Just this scene, absolutely a nominee for top five for this season for sure. Um, So I hope it sneaks in because it's such a great scene. Uh, but, yeah, it closes out a fairly, wow, this episode. Um, I've already spoiled it. I'm renting it. Just It's a very low rent. Uh, I mean, look, the Ben White storyline, I like the Ben White storyline. I'm not as low on the G storyline as you, but um, I'll, I'd say this. If, if this scene wasn't in the end, I'd probably be bidding this episode. But, yeah, I'm going to just put it at a very low rent.
1: Yeah, and I mean I'm the same, yeah, I'm, I'm totally there with you. Um, I think probably one thing I would have liked to have seen on this, which we kind of – we normally don't – sometimes we get it and sometimes we don't, which is a – um a kind of final scene from the patient and I think this is one where we really could have benefited from, you know, seeing Ben happy with his leg removed. You know, I think that would have been nice because I I think you kind of leave it there as like, possibly did he make the right decision, you know, Um, and I think it could have really benefited from coming back and showing that. Um, But yeah, I think, there's a lot of wasted shit in this scene, in this this whole episode. Um, there's stuff that I just would never want to watch again. Um, but yeah, I think it is kind of saved a little bit by a, a couple of really nice scenes. So yeah, it's a it's a really low rent for me but it, it scrapes in there just.
0: And this is definitely one of those moments because I know a lot of people probably like who's long-term listening like, oh, you've talked about episodes that are bad like, you know, and, and you've kind of obviously, you know, been them still. Obviously, uh, you know, when i bend Agatha Rip, you know, we kind of had basically the number one scene of that season in that episode but I still it. there are definitely episodes where one scene cannot save it. Uh, to me, this is an, e- a, an episode which it does save it. Um, you know, again, take this scene out of it. This is a bin. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's kind of... There are discrepancies in that opinion, I feel. So there are definitely going to be episodes with great scenes, Agatha Rip, <laughs> to me, that can't save it. Obviously, you bought Agatha Rip. It's a difference sort of opinion there. But, anyway, so we're off to Tommy Bolton next. Um, oh, yay, we've got more of Sean and the FBI. Woo! Um and Christian hangs out with his mum. So um, yeah, we're in the middle of season three, Nick. <laughs> I don't know if you've had anything to preview this next episode on.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, there's there's not a lot here, really, is there? It's um, yeah, we'll we'll get there. <laughs> That's all I can really say. We're gonna get there.
0: And let's not forget, Quinton goes tango dancing with Julia. Woo! Oh god! Oh god! <laughs> <laughs> Get excited! <laughs> it's here! You've always been waiting for Nip Tuck going tango dancing! And it's Quinton yeah. and Julia! Yes! Yeah. Yep. Anyway, uh, like us on Facebook, subscribe, follow us, you know the drill uh, We appreciate you sticking with us here with these NipTuck episodes As we go through a very interesting period of this show uh, But we're looking forward to talking more about the show That we still do love, people uh, My name
1: is Ben, and yeah, I'm just jonesing for cheers And I'm Nick, and you left out sexual depravity and devil worship. Thank you for listening to The Oz Network. Don't forget to subscribe to get
0: new episodes delivered to your speakers every week. For more information, hit us up at theoznetwork.net.